Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, November 18th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs-Cowboys on Sunday, maybe you heard about it. It probably will be the highest-rated regular season game this year, and ticket prices on the secondary market are soaring. On today's show, we speak with Cowboys beat writer and columnist Clarence E. Hill Jr. He's covered the Cowboys for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram since 1997 and is waiting to cover his first NFC Championship game. Has it really been that long? It has. We had a great conversation about the first meeting between Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes, how the Cowboys will try to attack the Chiefs, and where Hill, a former Kansas City resident, plans to get his barbecue on Saturday night. Oh, and Hill is a Texas graduate. Yes, we went there. After a break, you'll hear from Mahomes and his meeting with reporters on Wednesday. He broke down his matchup with Prescott and covered several other topics. Let's get started with my conversation with Clarence E. Hill Jr. I love it when we go outside the star bubble to talk to guests that we've got one of the best ones today in Clarence Hill, Cowboys beat writer for the Fort Worth Star Telegram and longtime friend. Clarence, it's great to catch up with you. How are you doing? I'm well, man. How are you doing? I'm looking forward to coming back to Kansas City, my old stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what a game it ought to be. Chiefs, Cowboys. Only happens every four years unless they make playoffs. Uh, we get Super Bowl together, and maybe that'll happen this year. I don't know. Cowboys seem like they're in a pretty good spot after last weekend's game against the, the Atlanta Falcons. They look great. A week after looking horrible at Denver, they go from 30 down at Denver to a 40-point win against the Falcons. What Cowboys team is going to come to Kansas City this week? Well, I think you're going to see closer to the one you saw last week. That was not them against the Broncos. I think that they were arrogant and flat and, and kind of took the Broncos for granted. And, you know, things have been going so well for them. They just thought they could just roll the ball out there and, and you know, everything was going to come up, you know, big sixes, you know. And, and, and certainly that didn't happen. And I think that they learned their lesson. They got their comeuppance. They were humbled. Uh, and now they're back focused. And, they, you know, they certainly come out against the uh, Falcons and, and – you know, I don't know what we can say this on here, but Mike McCarthy called it the red ass week. <laughs> and, you know, he passed around bottles of uh, monkey butt, you know, <laughs> for them to just be, get pissed off and, 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 and really show them. But you know, they refocused themselves and, and they came out on fire against the uh, Falcons. They're certainly going to try to do the same thing. The Cowboys have been an aggressive team all year. They, they, they want to hit first and, and be aggressive. They, they want to set the tone with their offense and they hope to do the same thing against Kansas City. Yeah, that's what I, McCarthy said after the, the Broncos game. He thought that's uh, they were just out physical in that game. That's what it looked like to me, at least early on, before you know they get the garbage touchdowns at the end. But Denver, I was shocked by how well Denver played in that game. I uh, did not expect that from the Broncos. But again, they, they turned around and took it out on the, the hapless Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, and it's a 7-2 and two Cowboys team coming to Arrowhead. You were at the game, the last game, that 2017 Chiefs-Cowboys game, weren't you? At, uh, yes, in Dallas. Yeah, well, you've seen them all for 20 years, but um, I'll never forget it. My, my lasting memory of that game was the the, the Tyree Kill touchdown just before halftime. Right. You know, they call it the Hill Mary around here. Um, it was uh, quite a play. But difference between the 2017 game and the 2021 encounter is the Chiefs quarterback. Uh, it was Alex Smith then, and Cowboys ended up winning. Dak beat him 28-17. Now it's Patrick Mahomes, the Texan from Whitehorse and Texas Tech. And 
And this is something of a measuring stick game for Dak Prescott, is it not? Just given the success of Mahomes. Oh, I think so. And I wrote earlier this week, you know, this is, I mean, I think, you know, let's just say it, Prescott has been better than Mahomes this year. There's no question about that. No, no doubt about it. He's the league's number one ranked quarterback, you know, in passer rating. He's number two in, in uh, completion percentage. He has it going. He's looked good. And people forget, last year before his injury, Dak Prescott was on pace to shatter the NFL record for passing yards in the season. You know, he had like four or five, four straight 400-yard games, a 500-yard game. He, you know, has been passing the ball well. They had a lot of turnovers, didn't have a good start. Then he got hurt and, and certainly uh, missed the final 11 games of the season. He went and got Patrick Mahomes money in the offseason, got a big contract that, you know, if, if things work out, he could actually make more than Patrick Mahomes over the lifetime of his contract, you know, when he starts getting the second and third contract. But, you know, he's been playing better than Mahomes, but to really be the MVP candidate certainly is in the conversation. He needs to outduel him on Sunday. Yeah, tall order. Uh, Mahomes certainly coming off his best game of the season, 400-plus yards against the Raiders, five touchdown passes. Uh, looked like Patrick Mahomes of, uh, of the previous two years. It's been a rough start for Mahomes this year. Defensive playing them differently. Has the receivers dropped a lot of balls? I saw a stat today where he's lost more production on drops than any quarterback in the NFL this season. So for what take that for what it's worth, but still 10 interceptions for a guy that threw six last year, the entire season. And it has been a, um, an interesting, strange year, but Chiefs fans hope they have the Patrick Mahomes uh, of 2018 through 2020 back. And I got a question, I guess, you know, I saw the game Sunday and, and, and the numbers look good. You know, four and six yards, five touchdowns. But if you watch the game, they dropped a couple of interceptions. They did. They did. You know, and and, and that that touchdown to Williams was was you know a rabbit out of the hat because no one expected Williams to jump in front of the defense back for the ball. I mean, that was not a good throw or a good decision. It turned out great. You know, to the running back in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, that was not. I'm talking about the one to Williams in the end zone. Yeah, that was on a fourth down. I think that was on fourth down too. Yeah, that was not a good decision at all. So. I think some of the things that he had been doing, some of those things in past years, gotten away with. This year, had gotten away with certainly. Uh, again, I think they dropped some touchdown passes. We'll see. I don't know if the offense is hitting on all cylinders as it was in past years as of yet. You know, I, I think that the receiving core is not as talented maybe as it was in past. Well, the loss of Sammy Watkins has made a difference for the, for the Chiefs. Uh, just a real reliable number two. Uh, wide receiver, you know, after Kelsey and Hill, and then have that second physical wide receiver, great downhill blocker. So that's made a difference. Uh, they're still kind of waiting on McCole Hardman to, to seize that number two spot. But what, what about the Cowboys defense and the way they can align to, to stop? Chiefs have been seeing a lot of cover two, a lot of two deep safeties uh, that we're going to see with, uh, from, from Dallas this weekend. You know, the Cowboys defense is much improved from last year. Last year, they were one of the worst defenses in the Cowboys history. You know, they gave them more points. Uh, in, in any uh, unit in franchise history. You give the second most yards and second most passing yards. They came in and revamped the defense with a new coordinator, Dan Quinn. Uh, they got Michael Parsons, a standout linebacker out of Penn State, who's been, a, you know, just one of the, a, a rookie sensation this year. They've been much better. Last week against the, the, uh, the Falcons with their best game of the year. And you, you say hapless Falcons, but, you know, the Falcons had just come out beating New Orleans at New Orleans. Not an uh, easy feat. And, uh, Matty Ice had just come out winning the NFC Player of the Week, the week before, and, and he had the worst game of his career in terms of passing rating against the Cowboys. Uh, they had three interceptions, two sacks, forced fumble, uh, 
10 pass deflections. Uh, they, they had their best game. And, and, and so, yeah, the, their focus this week, you know, has been the scramble drill, you know, and staying with the receiver after, you know, that, that first initial play breaks down because they know Mahomes will be trying to, you know, obviously make some plays and downfield to receiver after he breaks contain and, and, and scrambles. Certainly not giving up big plays, tackling, you know, not giving up yards after catch, teeth leak the NFL and yards after catch. And certainly that's all about, you know, Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey and their ability to, to run after catch. Uh, and also get to the quarterback. They they think they can take advantage of those that the Chiefs offensive line to get to the quarterback. And and Michael Parsons, you know that that dude can run you down. He he, he can run like those Buccaneer linebackers. If you remember those Buccaneer linebackers, Michael Parsons can run like those Buccaneer linebackers. Yeah, the Chiefs still have bruises from uh, from those uh, those linebackers. Diggs had one of those interceptions against uh, Matty Ice, and he's up to eight for this year. What a season he's having. Yeah, I mean, Diggs has been great, and you know he's given up some plays. People talk about him giving up some plays, and and he he's certainly given up some plays. If you look at some people have made big plays against him, but he has a knack for going after the ball, turning the ball over, and he's you know they always used to say about defensive back, they play defensive back because they can't catch when our receiver. And this guy's a former receiver who's playing defensive back, who when the ball gets to him, he's going to catch. It. You know, he has a league leading eight interceptions. That's not by accident. You know, he makes plays on the ball, and when it comes in his direction, and it's interceptable. He's going to pick it off. He's not going to drop those picks again. Like I think the Raiders dropped a few picks uh, last week. And, and it's been contagious. Anthony Brown, the other cornerback, is having his best year. Uh, Jordan Lewis had a great game last week against the, the, the Nick Corner slot corner. Had a great game last week against the Falcons. And, and another the name to keep in mind is Jaron Curse. He's a big 6'5 safety who will probably get the primary coverage on uh, Travis Kelsey. He's been, you know, has the size to cover tight ends. He's been pretty good against tight ends all season. Package. They, they play mostly nickel and dime, and they play a lot of three and four safeties out there because they like their safety. We just talked about what Chiefs might, how they might line up offensively against Dallas defense. The Cowboys' offense to me is the best in football, and Gallup bringing Gallup back last, having him back last week seemed to make a difference uh, in in the passing game, didn't it? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I was, I just was on another uh, podcast, and and I said the Cowboys have a more explosive offense than Chiefs. Because they have more explosive weapons. I think that I think that's right. And the Chiefs, you know, you have Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you you can say you can put Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey one and two, but then you got the rest. Then you got Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper and 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 Michael Gallup and and you know the Cowboys tight ends. Dalton Schultz has been pretty good this year, and 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 Cedric Wilson been pretty good this year. And then you add in Zeke and Tony and, and Tony Pollard in the backfield. You know, just a varied weapon, and 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 it's made them a more explosive offense, a more fluid offense for much of the, this year. So, you know, the, that's one thing I, I think that I, I think the key is can the Cowboys defense stop Kansas City? Because I don't think Kansas City can stop the Cowboys defense often. You know, just based on what we've seen now, they've been better of the last couple of weeks, but, you know, you're, you're talking about Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers and, and, and some, some, you know, the Raiders and, and what's going on. They don't really have what, what the Cowboys have going on offense. So, that's that's going to be the key because they're they're certainly going to try to target Sorensen, you know, like everybody else. I, you know, what's up with the pass rush? It's, it hasn't, you know, we we haven't seen the Chiefs' pass rush be what it's been in the past. It's improved over the last couple of weeks. The addition of Melvin Ingram has helped there. It, it's allowed the Chiefs to move Chris Jones to the inside, where he's been more effective than as an edge rusher. So Frank Clark's actually had a couple of good two or three weeks uh, also for the Chiefs. Sack totals were not up, but 
pressures are. And uh, but but you're right. A succession of Daniel Jones and then Jordan Love and a Derek Carr who you know won't say that he's distracted, but you know that that entire organization has been distracted for the last several weeks. Um, and they and the Raiders have lost two straight. So uh, to- totally different uh, situation coming up with with the Cowboys here. Are the Chiefs blitz happy? Do they still blitz a lot? We saw that with uh, with Jordan Love, which made a lot of sense, right? You uh, you wanted to shake up and rattle the the first time starting quarterback, and it worked really well. Of course, the only touchdown the Packers had was targeting Daniel Sorensen, and uh, uh, that's how the Chiefs ended up winning thirteen seven. Didn't blitz as much last week, but uh, somehow uh, for the first, we saw for the first time this year they got pressure with four. Jaron Reed uh, in the middle had his best game as a, as a member of the Chiefs. One thing to keep in mind: really underrated part of of this Chiefs team has been their secondary. Pro Football Focus has Rashad Fenton as the highest rated cornerback in the NFL this year. Didn't even start against the Raiders. And Legarius Sneed, a six round draft pick in 2020, has just been excellent. If they had to do the 2020 draft over again, he'd be a first round pick. And then there's still Tyron Matthew back there, Juan Thornhill, the safety, playing uh, better this season. They get Charvarius Ward back from injury. Chiefs back end has been has been pretty good, uh, and it has improved. Listen, they built confidence playing the Giants and the Rogerless Packers and took that to Vegas and, and finally outlasted the Raiders and piled up some points at the end. But they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think that confidence is going to help them on Sunday. Will it be enough? You know, personnel-wise, it may, it may not be enough. They still got the great home field advantage. You know, Arrowhead Stadium and the, the Cowboys have talked about it. Mike McCarthy talked about it. It's louder than the, the U.S. Bank Stadium, and that, that's in the dome. And that you've been there, that place is loud. Yep, yep. Well, whatever they're going to have open air press box, but you know, they're, they're worried about the crowd. Uh, I think the weather's not going to be bad, but you know, Kansas City's great at home, and you know, it, you know, Mike McCarthy has not used coach speak. He said. This is a measuring stick game for the Cowboys. You know, you know, we think we're good and we know what the Chiefs where they want to go. And you know, this is a big game between good teams. And you know, it's you know, this is a game they need to show they can win on the road. 37% of the tickets that are being sold on the secondary market this year come from Texas zip codes, um, which I found interesting. So, like four years ago, when there was a ton of red at ATT Stadium, I think there'll be a lot of blue. They're the world's most popular franchise. There'll be a ton of blue in Kansas City this weekend. There, there's no doubt. And, and, and you know, I know a lot of people that are going to the game. And But, you know, I think that's that's what it is. That's what it's like in the league now. Because, you know, because of TV and social media and, and, and obviously a fantasy football, people have fans from all over, you know, and, and certainly the Cowboys travel. But coming to AT&T Stadium, what people understand is it's a 100,000-seat stadium. If you get 30,000 seats in uh, opposing teams in there and they're winning, they're going to be loud. But that doesn't mean the Cowboy fans didn't show up. There's still 6,000 Cowboy fans in there. It was like the Denver game. They talk about the Denver took over the stadium. But the Cowboys never gave their fans anything to cheer about. Denver was up 30 to nothing, so their fans were the only ones cheering. And so it can be like that. It can look It can be look like a sea of red, or it can look like a, you know, certainly it, the Broncos orange crush was all over at and Stadium. And I think, you know, just if we've been on the road this year, the Cowboys have, you know, L.A., they've taken over stadiums. In other places as well, you know, when you got it going good and your fans are loud, it's going to look like uh, you, you got the most fans in the house. All right, Clarence, two quick ones to close it out on. First of all, what's it like having an owner that speaks to the media? <laughs> oh, it keeps us on the front page, baby. It keeps us on the front page. Best in the business. We got, because, you know, most of the time, coaches 
you know, don't talk or don't have personality or don't say much. And they'll do all the code speak. But you, if you want a good quote, you want a lead quote for your story, you talk to Jerry Jones. He's going to give you something. Well, you know, slower than a cripple cricket or whatever else you know, <laughs> you've had over the years. He's always going to give you some. So it's great copy, great copy for us. Of course, that stands in contrast to the to the Dallas-based owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, who holds one or two press conferences during the season, and maybe we talk a couple other times during the year. That's just just the way he operates, and I imagine that's how most NFL owners operate. Most, yeah. And of course, uh, we can't uh, let this opportunity pass without asking about your alma maters. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping Mac Engel would be on today. Oh, he's been giving me trash all week. Hey, you grad, Mac Engel, and he <sighs> grad, Lawrence Hill. Uh, I didn't know what to expect in Steve Sarkeesian's first year, but I expected a little more than this. It's disappointing. And, and you know, there's so many excuses being thrown around in Texas, you know, depth and recruiting. Well, they've out-recruited Kansas, okay? They've out-recruited <laughs> Oklahoma State. They've out-recruited where everybody else, Baylor, who they've lost to. But the AD get, goes on this week and talks about we have depth issues. Kansas beat you with a walk-on, sir. They beat you with a walk-on. It had nothing to do with depth, sir. I'm sorry. Playing his first game on offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he beat you with a walk-on. They ain't got to do with depth. There's, there's something fundamentally wrong with the UT football program, and it's driving me crazy. I cannot put my finger on it, but, hey, wave the weed, wave the weed, wave the weed. But I will say this before we leave, since you got me on that Kansas KU mess, <laughs> don't feed me no Oklahoma Joes, okay? Don't feed me Oklahoma Joes. I know you have to change the name. It's still Oklahoma Joes, okay? <laughs> In Texas, we don't we don't champion barbecue that's called somebody else. <laughs> All right, so what's your Saturday night go-to? Where are you going to be? <laughs> you know, I'm old school Gates. I used to eat Gates once a week. Heck yeah. I got to go by Ali Gates and, and give me a, uh, uh, you know, beef and bun and a BB or, uh, or one of those things and let them scream at me coming through. They still scream at you coming through the door. How may I help you? How <laughs> may I help you? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait for that. All right, that sounds good. Look forward to seeing you up here, Clarence. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. 
what stands out to you the most when, when you look at that Cowboys defense? Yeah, I mean, they play extremely hard. I think that's the, the main thing. They have playmakers over there, but they, they don't give up on any play. They're flying around trying to make plays happen. And um, whenever you have defense that have playmakers and play, play hard every single play, that's a, that's a tough defense to go, go up against. Patrick, it's one thing to feel better about the game. What did you look back at the film and say, I was doing this better and I need to continue that this week? Yeah, I think just taking what was there, especially early in the game, um, not trying to force it, um, letting the big plays kind of come to me. And I think we saw that when you're patient, you take what's there and you execute. Uh, defense will uh, will eventually come up, and then you'll you'll be able to hit some of those shots uh, later in the game. Patrick, you've talked about Dak before as a guy you watch video of and try to learn some things. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on his game, and, and have you learned anything from the way he played? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, first off, I mean, he's a tremendous leader. I think that's that thing that you can see that even when you're just watching uh, as a fan of of him and and, the, and of them. And so for him, to, he's a tremendous leader. He's been a starter in the league for a long time now. He's, he's athletic. You can see that by the way he played in college, and he can make a lot of big-time throws. And so uh, they have a great offense over there. They have a great team over there. So uh, it'll be a great challenge for us to go up, uh, going up against him this week. Early film study for this game. How aware do you have to be of just Trevon Diggs and where he is at each play? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's. he's I mean, when you make, have that many interceptions, that means you you know what's going on. You you have an understanding of what the offense is trying to do. Um, so you definitely have that to eye, have an eye on him at all times because he's gonna wait for his opportunity. And, he, and usually when he gets his hand, hands on it, he's, he ends up making the catch. So uh, definitely a great player. Um, someone you have to pay attention to on every single snap um, and try to find ways that you can uh, have success in either other places or on him in certain areas. Patrick, was that defense that you guys saw on Sunday sort of the, the first one that was different, I, I guess, this season? In a sense, um, I think it still had the same principles. I mean, people were talking about it being a single single safety middle defense, but it, I mean, if you really know the ins and out of that defense, it plays a lot like too high. Um, so uh, I mean, we've we've had trouble with that defense in the past, um, and so we 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 found ways to just kind of be patient. It's the same thing; had to be patient early, and then when they played some man coverage later in the game, we we hit some big shots. So I mean, it was different because it didn't start off with too high but uh in a sense i mean that's what they were trying to get to and, and so for us we just executed better this last game do you still feel like what what you guys were able to execute can, can translate when you, when you revert back to some of these defenses that you've been yeah i mean i think it's a it's a battle i mean every single week i mean obviously uh i'm sure they're, they're going to do some different type of too high stuff but they'll have try to have mix-ups too they're not going to sit back and give us the exact same coverage every single time i mean they're going to try to find ways to to confuse me and to confuse this offense and so we have to have make in-game adjustments um, and still take what's there. And then whenever the shots do present itself, we have to hit those. We've been asking about the chemistry with the offensive line since training camp, but at least these last couple weeks, seem, you seem comfortable there. Have you seen that evolution continue with those guys? And obviously this last week and a half or so has been with Wiley at, at the right side. How has that come along for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, they've gotten better and better each and every week. I mean, you would expect it. They've always had the talent. Um, but you, whenever you're in offensive line, it takes playing together. It takes going through adversity together. It takes going through great times together. And so you've seen that. They've gotten better and better each and every week. And they have the talent. I mean, every, every single one of those guys. And then when you add in a guy like Wiley, who I've played with a, a while now, he's a guy that's going to battle. He's going to fight to the very end. And you saw that this last week when he got, went up against a – really good defensive end and, and held his own. So, I mean, uh, I have all the trust in the world in those guys up front, and they're going to keep getting better as the season goes. What about specifically Creed, obviously having to be in the middle of that offensive line? Andy just mentioned all the stuff that gets dumped on a young center. Well, what's different from him right now from week one? Yeah, I mean, I think he just feels more comfortable. I mean, he, he's played good the entire season. Uh, but uh, I think the more you see that he's seen more and more defenses, he's seen more and more.
more pressures and blitzes, and he understands what we're trying to do as an offense. Uh, that center position is kind of like the quarterback. You get more comfortable the more snaps that you get. Um, and so uh, he, he now he can kind of let his talent uh, be shown. Um, he can go out there and be who he is because he has a, a comfortability with the offense. How surprising is it to you that, that he is able to grasp all that? As a, as a yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, that, that he's uh, he started a lot at Oklahoma. Uh, he started a lot, I'm sure, in high school. Um, and he came in with the mindset of he wanted to, to, be, to be the best that he could possibly be for this team. Uh, and so when you have guys that work hard every single day um, and take in everything, I mean, there are going to be a certain few mistakes here and there, but if they learn from it, don't make the same mistake twice, um, they can be uh, great players. Rochelle this weekend with the, the video, then he tries to get the Cardinals tried to apparently poach him and now he's on the 53. What does it mean uh, to him to, to kind of get that? And what did you see that that lets you to believe he deserves that kind of call up? Yeah, I mean, he, he puts in the work every single day. I mean, he, he's a guy that, uh, I mean, he he's has a lot of energy. I mean, that, that role, when you're not playing a lot that first year, you can kind of lose and you can kind of be lazy. And, I mean, he hasn't shown that. He's in every single day with us, me and Chad, uh, getting in and learning as much as possible. I had to tell Cliff to stay away from my guy. Um, <laughs> but so, uh, I mean, he's someone that he, he puts in the work, and he, he deserved this opportunity, and I'm, glad, I'm happy for him. I mean, I'm gonna continue to do what I what I do. I, I haven't scrambled as much this year, um, but uh, I mean, it's always been a part of our game. Um, but uh, I mean, they have a great scrambling quarterback too, so I'm sure they've seen it a lot in in preseason and and training camp and all that different type of stuff. So uh, uh, for me, it's just taking what the defense gives me, and then when, if I need to scramble, make a play happen, I'll try to do that. I know there's a lot of factors about determining where the ball goes, right? Obviously, but um, is there a commonality in the games where Travis gets a lot of targets and gets a lot of questions that are common denominator? I think it's just kind of the flow of the game, honestly. I mean, we go into each and every game. We have certain plays called for certain guys. Um, but when, until you get out there and see what the defense is presenting you, uh, you, you don't necessarily know who's going to get the football. And so that's what we try to emphasize to all these receivers and all these tight ends and running backs is uh, we go into the game having a game plan, but it, it can change in an instant. You have to be able to make adjustments. You have to be able to, to run routes uh, to get other people open, and I think our guys do that. We know Travis is very boisterous, but what's it like with him in the middle of the game? How much does he have a voice in the huddle with you, and, and what's it like to watch him sort of have a, sort of an impression on him? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's done it for a, a while now. I mean, uh, there's gonna might be a few grays in those beard. I mean, he, he's he's done it. He's done it for a long time. And when you have a guy that's had that much success, and he and he's able to show his emotion, um, and and kind of he wants to fight to the very end. It, it, it kind of bleeds through the rest of the team. Um, a guy that I mean, he could come in and just do his job and get out of here, but he's in here all the time. He's he's working his tail off, and so you want guys like that on your team. Uh, Patrick, you've had a chance to watch the film now. What did you think of Daryl's touchdown catch on Sunday? Yeah, it probably saved me an interception first off. So, I mean, it's I underthrew it. I tried to throw it in the back corner of the end zone. But, uh, I mean, he jumped up there and made a play. Um, and uh, like I said after the game, he says he can, he can make all these catches. But to see it in person, now I'm about to give him a few more opportunities. That'll do it for today. Big thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Also, big thanks to the Star Telegram's Clarence E. Hill Jr., who covers the Cowboys, been doing it for a long time. You can read stories that Hill has written on our show notes. We link to a couple of them, and always go to StarTelegram.com for the best in Dallas Cowboys coverage. So let's talk about the morning sports edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, go to the Star Z edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. 
when you open the e-edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says all editions. Click on that and you can access anywhere from 15 to 50 pages of sports. You can also get it through an email. I do, and the link is there by about 6 a.m. every morning. However you see it, you know what I'm talking about. It's complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we couldn't produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Friday with another episode. Music